Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement, or would just like to save some money in a tax-efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330-118-0210. That's 0330-118-0210 for a free initial consultation. And let them know Football in Berkshire sent you. Hello everybody and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories chat podcast. Uh, I'm your host Tom Canning. Rob is away in Iceland because apparently he has more money than sense. Um, I'm joined this week, you can hear that laughter in the background, I'm joined by Abby Ticehurst who will be taking us through the various bits and bobs of women's football over the last week and from the Maidenhead Advertiser I'm joined by Josh Brown and Daniel Darlington. Hello guys. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Podcast debuts. Um, Dan is at home and Josh is in the office, which is all very exciting for those of us that don't have offices of our own. Um, <laughs> where where to start, guys? Where to start? Well, um, I wanted to start with some some really good news. Um, Abby, we have our first promotion of the season. We do indeed. Congratulations to Ascot United Ladies Reserves. They have uh, secured promotion to Division 2. Um, in their game against Abbey Rangers last weekend. <clears throat> they still need three wins from their remaining five games to kind of clinch the title. But yeah, <clears throat> congratulations. They've had an absolute stormer of a season. They are, I think it's 12 games unbeaten just this season, but it's like something ridiculous, like 25 games unbeaten. I don't think they've been beaten since like December 20, no, yeah, twenty. 19 or something ridiculous like that yeah they're just on an absolutely insane run so yeah congratulations to them and um i think it was tia johnson i think it is i think she made her debut for them this week and she's from the under 16's diamonds or she, it might have been even the first team debut i don't know there's just such quality at ascot the, in both their first team and their reserve team and all the the girls that are coming through their uh, pathway as well so yeah congratulations to them Excellent stuff. Um, Josh and Dan, I wanted to, um, we, we will have some, we've got some, definitely got some loads more women's football to come on to in a little bit. There's been some superb results over the last week, but um, I just wanted to go to uh, what I think was a huge game over the weekend, Josh and Dan. I'm not sure which one, which one of you was there? Or were we both uh, there? Are you referring to the main head United? The main, sorry, yes, I haven't made that very clear. <laughs> this is why Rob is the host and not me, because Rob actually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Um, yes, I was there. I was down at York Road. Um, yeah, like you said, it was a it was a huge, huge result for uh, Minhead. As putting ten points clear of the relegation zone. So, um, yeah, all in. Do, do you guys? What what do you guys put down to this turnaround? And maybe Dan, maybe I'll ask you this one. What do what do you what do you put down to this this to, because it looked like they won the first two games of the season, had eight games where they lost, won two more games, and then lost something like another eight games, and suddenly now they yeah. are they're beating the teams at the top. Yeah, they, they, they've definitely been a little bit of a, a streaky side this season. You know, earlier in the season, they had, like you say, a couple of wins and then a, a, a losing run and then another couple of wins and then a losing run. But this time, after 
after getting that result against Bromley, they beat Bromley 1-0 just after Christmas. And it seems to have given them real confidence and belief. And, and following that, they, they've managed to back that up with these, you know, quite unbelievable results against Chesterfield and, uh, and Halifax. They very nearly caused a surprise against Stockport County, even though they lost that game 3-0. And then they, um, uh, and then they managed to get a last-minute equaliser against Wrexham and, and then obviously backed that up with a, a decent draw against Eastleigh as well. So, so I think that's, that's one thing. I think confidence is one thing. But the, you know, the other part of it is, is getting players back from injury. They have, they've had a, a really unfortunate year with injuries. Um, a number of players have been out for sustained periods, Sam Barrett being one. You know, Dan Sparks, who's recently returned to the team, has been out for a long time as well. Um, you know, Raheem Shekelford was out for a long time. They also had a, a little spell where they had, you know, a few COVID cases as well. And, and that, that upsets things as well. So that period just before Christmas was really difficult where they had injuries and, and COVID. Um, but yeah, getting those players back and, and getting a bit of confidence and belief has, has kind of helped them turn it around. Josh, obviously on Saturday, um, we've all seen the goal from Charlie Adams. Uh, and I'm point, I want to point out it's not Charlie Adams, the Scottish former Blackpool and Reading midfielder. It's uh, Charlie Adams. Um, what like what happened? How did it talk us through it? Because it, it's 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 a fine strike. Yeah, it just sort of came out of nothing really. That you know, Maiden had quite had quite a few chances um, leading up to that. Um, in the likes of Josh Kelly and uh, either even Nathan Blissett, but um, this one really came from an unlikely source, I suppose. It um, sort of found its way to the edge of the area of the ball, and uh, we've assessed it quite a few times in the office. Um, <laughs> and it seemed like really that the scissors kick was the only option. Um, Charlie Adams, we were saying, if he took a touch and then touched laid off, he probably would have got tackled and dispossessed, or whatever. But he um, completely, completely lashed it, and it managed to find its way into the back of the net, which was. Um, it was lovely. There's footage of behind the goal as well, and all the crowd shouting shoot. So, um, yeah, it was quite quite a satisfying goal. For him. I I can't decide whether I think the the angle behind the goal makes it look even better than perhaps it was. It, was it as good a strike as as it looks from behind the goal there? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It was just um, yeah, like I said, you just don't expect it to, to, to go in really. And um, yeah, I think I think he didn't either. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think the. The, the point you were making there, Justin, I think he had to take that. He had to, to kind of take it early, didn't he? He had to kind of perform that kind of acrobatic scissor kick. Because um, mm. if he'd taken a touch, like you said, he would have been closed down and, and the chance would have gone gone away. But, um, but yeah, I think as a West Ham fan, Josh, it, it reminded right. must have reminded you of Paolo Di Canio a little bit. I mean, I would, I would have been only a... <laughs> Three years old or four years old. Age in us all. Oh yeah, that's, that's, I'm showing my age here. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but no, I've seen I've seen the footage of Paolo Canio pretty plenty of times on the YouTube. But yeah, no, it was good. It was um yeah very entertaining to watch. And where where do you think? Just I'm going to put you massively on the spot, both of you. Where where do you think are they in danger of relegation, or do you think it's it's only onwards and upwards now? No, I I, th- I think um. I think maybe in in other seasons when you know four teams, you know, were, would have gone down, um, that, uh, that you know they'd, they'd still very much be in in the danger zone. But but because because I mean they they are still right down near the bottom, um, and they they may end up finishing fourth from bottom or fifth from bottom. But the teams below them, 
um, you know, Dover, Kings Lynn and um, Weymouth just just aren't picking up enough enough points. Uh, you know, the only the only the only they're only in danger if those teams start start picking up a run of form and, and they haven't shown any signs of doing that this season. So and I also think, you know, that I was looking at the number of fixtures they've got left. I think it's something like 19 fixtures, 18 or 19 fixtures Maidenhead. And they've got a lot of winnable games in there as well. So I'd, I'd expect them to to be comfortably safe, but but not necessarily in mid-table, you know, lower mid-table, yeah. but comfortably safe. Is it, and is that enough? Um Yes, I think. Oh, sorry, Josh, go. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I think. Um, what would you think it would be <clears throat> sort of satisfying for Alan Devonshire and that state? It probably would be at this stage, really, considering you know the injuries and uh, sort of the players they've had to bring in and sort of ensure play the Alan Devonshire, Alan Devonshire way, I suppose. So, um, yeah, they, they've, you know, with all the illnesses and uh, injuries they've had, they've um, made it work, really. Dan Sparks was playing left back. At the weekend, was um, <laughs> when I spoke to him afterwards, he said it's not his preferred position, but he did it. He did it pretty well. He's quite a quick player, so he was able to get up and down, and um, even had a sort of goal himself. So yeah, I think, um, like Dad said, yeah, Mainhead United should be relatively fine. Do, does it? Uh, I, um, think, well, I think. It, sorry, Dan, go on. And I was just, I was just going to say, it's also just quickly worth pointing out that that uh, you know they are still effectively a part-time team playing in a. In a, in a full-time division against, a, a, you know, an awful lot of, you know, you just look at the top of, of the National League, you know, there's a lot of very good teams, ex-league teams in there. They're all very close to, you know, pushing for promotion, if not the title. I think there's like 10 teams in there. So, yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's an achievement every season. I think it's an achievement if Maidenhead stay in the division. I think I think that's the basis. I think that's the first goal. And I think if they achieve that, then that's then that's great. Um, so yeah, and if they can do anything more on top of that, then then, then fantastic. Um, we'll move on from Maidenhead in just a sec, but obviously there was a number of players that came back that are now with with Eastleigh. Uh, does that do you think that grates a little bit? Because like Danny Whitehall scored against them, he went off. Um, I think did he go to Scotland? He went up to Scotland, and now he's now he's back, but he's he's with another national yeah. league club. Does that grate? I mean, um, uh, no, 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 not, not so. <laughs> Sorry, that's my fault. I should be saying, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, not, not so much for me. I think, I think you know, players do move around. I think one of the great things about Maidenhead, you know, as a, as a, as a team, is that they, they do give opportunities, you know, for you know young players who impress, do get the chances to go on, like Danny Whitehall did to go to Scotland. I can't actually remember the team that he went to no, um, right now but <laughs> it's, it's escaping my mind but it was a it was a quite a decent level Scottish side wasn't it so yeah uh, it obviously didn't quite work out for him there but um you know you, you know he's moved he's moved back to the National League and then obviously Harry Pritchard went to Blackpool and then Bradford in the Football League and, and then back to Eastleigh um so um no I I, I I think that's fine. I think players players do move around and, and go to different clubs and try try new things. And and sometimes they come back to Maidenhead. I, I know that yeah. you know, Sam Barrett obviously did after Southend. So, um, yeah. 
kill Martin. It's just, it's just a shame when Danny Whitehall scores. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, let, let's move. I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about Slough because, um, Dan, I know you get to watch Slough a little bit. Um, yeah. did, were, you there the, were you there at the weekend for Hungerford, for the Hungerford game? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I was I was covering rugby <laughs> on the oh. weekend, so I didn't. Uh, I, I, you know, I was watching watching the egg chasers. Let's say the no the uh, it was a good uh, you know yeah, Slower. It's a it's a funny situation with Slower at the moment. I think I think in 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 many respects, you know, their performances haven't been too bad. You know, they've. Before Christmas, they went on a, on an excellent run, and they beat a lot of good sides. You know the likes of Havant and Maidstone and Dorking Wanderers as, as well in, in a really great run, and they they picked up a lot of confidence. Um, and uh, you know they had a lot of me- momentum at that that time. And at one stage, they were pushing to to get get towards the playoffs, or, or they were in and around the playoff places. Um, and then, obviously, um, you know. So, you know, just after Christmas, I think results started to turn a little bit. But then they they've had a very very difficult couple of weeks, um, obviously with the, the the tragic death of Christian Rowe and and then obviously Neil's father Keith passing away as well. So I I think that was an interesting chat with John Underwood last week where he said, you know, I, I you know I'm not sure if it's if it's affected us, but perhaps it is having an impact on performances. Perhaps we're not quite. We haven't quite got the focus or the intensity that that we had before, and I think, although they've been playing okay in these games, they've they've, they've just been edged out in in a few of them. Um, so last night they they were beaten two one by by Dulwich Hamlet, um, and then on Saturday actually they fought back really well against Hungerford, um, you know, and scored two late goals through uh, Alfonso Tenconi and. Um, uh, Imran Kayani. So um, they did they did pretty well on Saturday to come back in that game against Hungerford, I feel. Um, right. Uh, it's time, Abby, for you to tell us a little bit about um, the week in women's football. Um, obviously, we had a cracking result for Caversham United against um, Slough Town. Mm-hmm. Um, good on me for, for remembering. I did, I did pay attention. Um, I do feel that that result rather papers over the the men's result that Caversham United had. Um, As per usual. Papers over that crack <laughs> slightly. Um, but we also had uh, a fine, fine result for, for Reading women. Um, uh, we've got, got a new superstar, I believe. Tell us a little bit about her. Um, people will also be pleased to know that I'm not going to be ranting this week. It's all all <laughs> rainbows and Zen. happiness, mostly. <laughs> it's the yeah, biggest complaint no. we get. Why is, she, why is that woman ranting? <laughs> um, yeah, so let's start with Reading, I think. Um, another record-breaking moment for them. That is the fifth consecutive win um, as they uh, won 2-1 over Everton. That said... Not their most cohesive of performances, I'll be honest. It was a scrappy game, and I think both sides were lucky with goals. Um, admittedly, the weather was mental, but I think it was mental across the entire kind of country uh, this weekend because um, I'll allude to something that Emma said to me actually from Caversham. But yeah, um, I was in fact actually the other end of the country. I was at the Birmingham Leicester game, and that was madness for the wind. So yeah, I think everybody was struggling with the wind. But um, Everton's ground is particularly open as well. So there was just gusts from all angles in that game. 
And <clears throat> Tom, I'm sad to say that Everton scored from our most hated uh, set piece. They scored from a short corner. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a short corner that worked, but it just, as soon as I, I watched the highlights, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, and then, no. yeah, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a great defending from Reading, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, they played a short corner and then Emsley came sort of running towards the ball she got the ball Lily Woodham tried her hardest to defend and then everybody just seemed a bit asleep in the box I don't really know what was going on there and then Eichland did a sort of last ditch attempt and I just think like I love Eichland but she's very much a forward player so she if she is our last ditch defender yeah. something's gone wrong um I think the deflection actually came off Gemma Evans as well but it went down as an Everton goal so yeah it wasn't our finest moment but um as Reading do, the the fight back was fantastic as always, and I think they were they were on top in the in the second half. <clears throat> and uh, Tash Dowie scored her sixth goal of the season, which was another lovely chip from sort of well, it wasn't quite a chip actually, but a lovely shot from around twenty five yards out, and that actually puts her third in the the Golden Boot race. So she's now joint third with Fran Kirby and Kim Little, which kind of it's a bit mad really but also I think she's one of those players that's very underrated and mm. people sort of forget that she's there but she's fantastic and she is a she is a double figures goal scorer consistently in in her career so yeah it's very exciting to see her there and then um Tia Primer is just having a scorcher to be honest she's uh been on the bench a couple of times and she's she scored our winner against Brighton in the FA Cup and um another one it, it, as I said scrappy goals but a goal's a goal isn't it at the end of the day so um there was a sort of a scramble in the box and it came out and I think Tash Dowry tried to hit it and then yeah she just slotted it kind of sneakily in the in the right hand corner so yeah I think that was uh in the 87th minute or something like that, I think it was. So, yeah, in Reading classic style, we uh, went for some late-minute winners there. And can I just <laughs> check with Josh and Dan, how do you feel about short corners? Uh, do you know what? I don't really have an opinion on them. But <laughs> it's not, it's not Get off the it's podcast immediately. Really me, but, um, I, I, I know what you mean when, they, when, especially when you know a defender gets out and kind of blocks it. It does feel a bit frustrating. <laughs> Just get it in the mixer. Yes, that's our pressure. Josh, yeah, my opinion. Whenever, obviously, as a West Ham fan, whenever Mark Noble is on the pitch, you know that's that's what's going to happen next. He, <laughs> he seems to be a bit of a short corner merchant. Is always there, spreading to the left wing or the right wing to ask for the ball. It's a bit. Unnecessary. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan <laughs> Tom and I are just especially angry about them. Yes. I think in the, in the case of Reading as well, because we now have just uh, Justine Van Havenmat. She is she is tall. She's like six foot one or something. Just get it in the box, and she can smash her head like head on it. Like, what? Why are we faffing around with short corners and things like that? <laughs> That said, um, Lily Woodham is very good at set pieces and so is Faye Bryson. And generally speaking, it does end up in the box. They don't do any short stuff. But yeah, that Everton just really wound me up and it just made, was made worse by the fact that they scored from it. Yeah, they're always excellent for the teams that are playing against you and your own team's short corners are always dreadful. That seems to be the way it goes. Um, Abby, obviously, Cavisham United women have made it to the Counter Cup final as well. Um, just talk us briefly through that. Yeah, absolutely. In emphatic fashion is what I think I led with uh, when I posted it this morning. Um, they've had a fantastic run. Um, so I will say we have discussed it a couple of times when we've talked about County Cup fixtures. Some of the um, ties have been a 
bit suspect. So their first game was against Raysbury. So that was a Division One Caversham versus a Development Division Raysbury. So there was only one way that was going to really go, and they they smashed them thirteen nil, unsurprisingly. So yeah. Um, but yeah, they just played some very convincing games since then. They uh, won 7-1 against Hollyport, then 7-2 against Aylesbury. And then they met um, Slough in the semi-final and beat them 2-0. I think that was a bit more of a kind of even kill of a game there. Um, Emma did mention, so I spoke to the captain, Emma Hopkins, um, yesterday um, just for her thoughts on it. And she said that the weather did make it virtually impossible for either side to play their style of football. So I think Caversham were fairly lucky with that one. But they scored pretty quickly in succession. So there's a 59th minute goal from Emma, I think, and then a 62nd minute goal from Freya Jenkins to to book their place in the final. And um, yeah, so that will be, I do believe, the confirmation still needs to come from Bucks and Bucks but I believe that is on Sunday the 13th of March okay, um, and that will be at Beaconsfield Town Football Club and they will play Penn and Tyler um, it should be a pretty tasty tie as well because both sides play in Division 1 and they have already played each other once this season um, that was at Penn and Tyler's and Penn and Tyler won 4-1 um, and then I think they've got them again in a couple of weeks so it'll be a sort of a warm-up game for them but yeah just fantastic to see that we've got a Berkshire side in a in a cup final as um, Rob and I have discussed a couple of times it should be nice to see some some silverware in the county this season so fingers crossed to them. Excellent news well we'll, we'll come on to silverware in a minute and um, my turn to shine um Wokingham and Embrook, uh, and, and I suppose Josh and Dan, you probably follow Hollyport a little bit, so slightly worrying result for, for Hollyport um, in terms of other teams at the weekend. But Wokingham and Embrook beat Wembley 1-0. Um, I'm reliably informed that there were no sendings off this week. You may be aware that last weekend, uh, Wembley had, we think, five sendings off, um, including the manager. So that didn't happen this week. But Wokingham and Embrook secured a valuable three points. Um we had Elliot Whitehouse on our podcast last week um, and he was just talking about kind of building the side, giving giving the players that were there a chance and, and it's taken time to, to get things together. They've had a real tough run of fixtures against some of the top sides, um, but but a win against Wembley is, is no mean feat. Um, Enao Ojong got the, got the only goal of the game. Um, and according to the match report, the Wokingham Embrook match report celebrated with a backflip, the likes of which Wokingham had never seen before. <laughs> um, I don't know whether Wokingham's gymnasts would have anything to say about that, but uh, yeah, quite a quite a quite a, a decent result for them. Um, if I can just uh, talking of Hollyport, they obviously they went mm. to Reading City and they lost two one. Um, again, similarly, both we we talked about last week. Um, Reading City v Wembley, there were there were I think there were six red cards, and again Hollyport v Saint Pantelemon. Yes, um, Tom. I, have I yeah. said it right? Yeah. Um, there were three <laughs> red cards, and strangely, this weekend Reading City v Hollyport, no bookings. Mm. I, funnily enough, I mean, if you want me to have a quick chat about I Hollywood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, um, I've chatted to Sam Lott, the assistant manager, both this week and, and last week following the uh, the game against San San Pantilimon. Is it? Is that right? That'll <laughs> <laughs> do. It's okay. They don't um, listen to the podcast, so we're, yeah. We're <laughs> um, but but it, it was interesting that um, he he just felt that they completely you know self combusted in the second half. You know that 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 you know that. 
the game started going against them and and you know this defeat to kind of little old Hollyport was was really riling them up and, and it just led to to the players kind of just completely yeah. losing focus and and it, like you said I think three were sent off including the manager and, and and their assistant as well and it actually made made life very easy for Hollyport because it wasn't a particularly easy game but they they got three one ahead and then you know the you know the visitors lost their heads and and, yeah. and actually made it made it a quite an easy three points um but yeah you know going forward to this week um you know sam sam was saying that um it was um it wasn't a great quality game there wasn't you know the conditions which uh, abby's alluded to this weekend weren't weren't easy i don't think the pitch was particularly easy to play on um so he was basically saying it was a it was a scrappy game and we made a few more errors than they made basically um <laughs> but he did say that he did say that reading Reading's a hard place to go to, you know, that they are capable of picking up some decent results at home. Uh, and perhaps, you know, Hollyport will have a better chance against them when they play them at, at mm. some of these in, in a few weeks' time. Um, I, I don't know, Tom, do you know how many, um, how many, what the situation is regarding relegation? Because I, I'm not sure any of the teams really know how many sides are going to get, you know, go down I or if do. any. Yeah, um, we so I did. I did write. I don't. I'm not sure how well I publicised it, but I did write a piece last week. I'm not sure how well I publicised it because, to be honest, I wasn't entirely sure myself. But I'm pretty. Rob has convinced me that what I've written is absolutely correct. So the bottom team will definitely go down. Right. No matter in in every step five division, even though there's only 18 teams in the combined yeah. counties north, um, the bottom team will definitely go down. The second, but four, and then I think it's four of four from. Is it? I think how many divisions are there? Uh, six. The sixteen step five divisions. Mm. I think four from that sixteen on PPG will also go down in second bottom. Right. Okay. And I think Holly. I think Hollyport, Wokingham, Virginia Water are well clear of that. Um, so it, so two will go down, but. 12 will be reprieved that finish second bottom and that the only thing that will change is if more teams pull out in the various divisions above and at the same level so so yeah it, you know if hollyport or the other team wokingham the other teams down there want to avoid it you know to yeah. be absolutely sure they have to they have to stay out of the bottom too basically. yeah um, and, and 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 effectively don't finish bottom is the is the message really yeah yeah. Um, which 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 is still possible. I think I think Hollyport are only two points above uh, CB Hounslow, so it's not yeah. they're not uh, they're not out of it yet by any means. But they again, I think I think if you look at their last ten games, as uh, you know, compared to the start of the season was dreadful. I think they yeah. lost you know however many games in a row. It was a, like a dozen games in a row. It was a lot. Um, uh, but yeah, the last ten games, I think they've picked up three or three or four wins there's a few defeats in there as well but I, I guess it's a better indication of how how much they've improved um since you know december yeah uh, absolutely absolutely and um, we just want to move on because um we are running out of a little bit of time uh, but also uh, i want to just go on to the fact that every week for the last three or four weeks we've been saying if brighton will win their two matches against marlow and chertsey that is the title done and dusted, albeit not mathematically, but they will be winning the title. They beat Marlow. Josh, were you, remind me, were you there? Were you there at that game? I don't. No, I, don't, I, don't I, was, I was at that game. <laughs> I, 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 I went. I went to that one. Um, and then, uh, if they beat Chertsey, uh, 
unfortunately, on Saturday, they didn't beat Chertsey. And I, I, I must admit, yes. I'm very, very surprised about this. We will be doing a Bracknell Town special um, with a couple of supporters on this very podcast next week um, as we talk about, um, you know, just how long it will be before they are title winners. I still think it's a case of when they are crowned champions rather than if. I doubt losing to Chertsey will have much of a um, thing at all. Um, but obviously, um, I, let's let's talk it's in league for a second because um, Josh, I know you do, you have seen Marlow a few times. Um, yeah. They didn't have a great result. Marlow aren't necessarily on a patch of ours, but they are on your patch. So I think it's fair to say um, what's happening with Marlow because they certainly should be shooing for the playoffs. But they had quite a tough defeat on Tuesday night. Yeah, it's. Um, I think I think promotion is going to be quite difficult from now. I think. Um, Mark Bartley's tried to sort of uh, pull in quite a few signings recently. Um, and certainly the fan response on Twitter has been um, that he's chopping and changing the lineup potentially a bit too much, whether that's, um, you know, yeah, playing, playing big part in performances potentially. So um, he'll be the first to excuse, you know, when the players are out. You know, that's not, that's not the reason why they should lose or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's probably got a, long, a, a big, big impact on it. But um, yeah, it's a shame really. You know, we were sort of... Um, Quite excited, thought that they had a chance. They did have a chance last season as well, did they? Dan? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were up there. So, um, yeah, they, they're definitely a strong side in that division. It just seems to fall apart at the sort of crucial time for them. Yeah, I, I don't. Sorry, I, I don't think I don't think they're they're out of it out of the running yet. You know, they, they've got. I think they're sixth, and um, they've got they've got some games in hand on the on the teams above them. Um, and and actually, you know, last night aside, obviously last night against South Park was a, a dreadful result. I don't think anybody saw that coming. But um, they drew drew one all with Hanwell at the weekend, which is you know away is a decent a decent result. They they drew one all with Chertsey a few weeks ago, which again is a a reasonable result given where they are in the table and what they did against Bracknell and. And I thought they played pretty well in that game against Bracknell as well, even though they lost it three-one. So, so again, results haven't—you know—they haven't won a lot of matches in recent weeks, but performances haven't been awful, apart from last night. I, I haven't caught up with Mark Bartley to chat about last <laughs> night's game yet, but I imagine it was pretty, pretty dire. Keep your powder dry on that one. That'll be in the <laughs> advertiser later this week. Please go out and buy a copy. That's a that's there you go. That's what you get for coming. That's a lovely little plug. Um, <laughs> um, do we have? Uh, we have a little look ahead to the fixtures, Abby. What are we looking at um, on your side of things? Uh, absolutely. Um, I th- well, so as I as I said before, Ascot of of pinched well, not pinched actually, very convincingly won the Division Three East title. So. I'll be very surprised if anybody can beat them for the rest of the season. There's only, I think there's only around five or six games left across the Thames Valley. Um, and even in the, some region, actually, there'll be less than that, in fact, because there's less teams. But yeah, so Ascot have um, won Division 3 East. Also, last weekend, Badshot played Mortimer and they also um, won the division. So um, I think in the next couple of weeks or so, we'll be seeing a couple more teams probably do the same so division three south um interesting enough actually goring beat s4k last weekend and that brings their unbeaten run to an end um but they're still ones to watch and i think 
S4K still got a nine point lead. So I think they're likely to wrap up the title soon enough. Um, but in terms of looking ahead to the weekend, uh, Shinfield versus Fatcham will be very interesting in the development division of Thames Valley because uh, Fatcham were on top for quite a while. And actually, Shinfield had a very convincing 8 0 win last weekend and they have leapfrogged them in, into first place. So that should be an interesting game. Um, I guess in Division 3 East as well, just seeing how many Ascot can score again versus Hillingdon <laughs> will be interesting as well. Um, in terms of some Berkshire ties, we've got Mortimer versus Tilehurst in Division 1. And um, we've also, in Southern Region, there is Winchester versus Woodley. That should be an interesting game as well. Woodley are really struggling this season. Likely that there will be... Uh, relegated to division one south possibly because they're just having not having a great time of it to be honest but um they look fairly positive as a team social media looks great and i've had a chat to molly a couple of times um and ellen and the positivity in the group seems to be great they just seem to be struggling for results that's all um so yeah and just one more um which is an exciting announcement for me in fact actually um it's worth keeping an eye on brighton and hove albion versus reading or rather listening because i will be doing co-commentary uh on bbc sussex for that one so yeah you can listen to my dulcet barkshire tones on the radio on bbc sussex uh, and, and, I, and just just from your childhood you do have that sort of proper farmery barkshire accent <laughs> Yes, thank you for that one, Tom. <laughs> That's, all right. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so, uh, Josh, where are you off to this weekend? Oh, we're yet to have a conversation. It might be. Um, it might be uh, probably at the rugby, actually. Uh, oh, okay. Main Hedge United not uh, not in action till next week now. So, um, yeah, we'll see what's. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah I'll tell, I'll tell you what then. If you were if you were going to pitch Dan to go to a game, where where would you fancy? If I pitched Dan, if you were pitching to Dan to, for you to go to a get to a to a football game this weekend, where would you be? Uh, where would you be going? Um, I, yeah, I'd, 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 yeah, I have a bit of a lucky spell going tomorrow when uh, when they pick up results. So hopefully, I'd go there. To be fair, um, <laughs> see if you can get back in the winning ways and things like that. So, you, you, yeah. you you can go there. We, we could do with them getting another win. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Dan, where are you? Have you are you off to a game this weekend? Um, yeah, we probably will be. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe Josh. If one of us will probably cover the rugby, and, and one of us, you know, Josh, maybe go to um, Marlow versus Staines, um, which is a, a good a good chance for them to kind of get back on track. I think they need to after after last night's result. Um, well, we pro- you know we do a bit less travelling than we used to, <laughs> um, so um, <laughs> you know Slough Ebbsfleet. That seems like um, a difficult game, mm. but um, actually it might be it might be the perfect. It, it might be you know given given that their form has a bit been a bit patchy of late. It might you know if they could go there and get a result against a you know promotion contender, um, that might kind of kickstart kickstart their season and then. Uh, I quite like the look of um, Ascot. I think are at home to um, uh, Hollyport on Saturday yeah. as well. So um, you know, Ascot are in are in great form and are kind of rocketing up the league. At, um, you know, at the moment, and uh, you know, Sam Locke said it was a free hit for them. So uh, that's that's how they view that game. <laughs> 
Um, I will just flag Virginia Water v Reading City. I think that will be a, be a decent one. Virginia Water need the points. Reading City um, are now on a little bit of a run. So uh, it'll be Simon Johnson's 101st game, um, unless they played last night and I've missed it. Um, so 101, 102, one of those. Um, we'll just uh, we'll just round up um, with a bit of any other business. Um, football in Berkshire-wise, we have um, some exciting announcements to come on our Berkshire Football Awards 2022. Keep an eye out on the website for that. And we have also announced we will absolutely definitely be having a Berkshire's longest throw competition. Um, that is going to be hosted at Ascot United sometime in the summer. Uh, so please look out for that, Josh and Dan. If you want to come and uh, try your try your luck against Chris Ellis, um, <laughs> we we we're not we do, we're not saying necessarily that Chris has the longest throw in Berkshire, but it feels a good thing to hang it off um, in terms of challenge Chris. And if you beat him, you're the champion. And if you don't, then um, Chris is just just the, the winner. So um, we're, we're going to try and tie that in with a few bits and pieces at Ascot. So uh, the dates for that will. Will come in the summer. Um, Josh and Dan, anything you wanted to to flag? Free no. hit. Um, <laughs> uh, pick up a copy of the paper this Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but no, thanks for having me. I missed all that, Tom, because my, 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 the, the, the screen crashed. But I, were you inviting us to have a go at the, the long throw competition? I was indeed. Uh, be, I'm going to be dreadful at that. I'll be awful at that. <laughs> there are, there are. There are rumours of um, involvement from a certain uh, satellite TV channel, and I may try and if someone else has pulled some strings on that one. I may try and pull a, a few strings higher up the food chain myself. So we shall see. Um, Abby, I'll let you have the final word. Any any other business? A couple of things, yes. Um, oh, one thing God, that I wanted in. to mention. <laughs> one thing that I just really wanted to mention that I thought was important is that Reading announced this week that Brooke Chaplin is out indefinitely um, because she had a scan this week that revealed she's got a, a bone tumor in her, her right leg. So um, she's due to undergo surgery, and um, it looks as though she's got the full backing from Reading, which is really important. So it's just essentially sending our love and our luck to to Brooke and hope everything goes well. She's one of those players that kind of goes under the radar f- fairly fairly often, and that's because she's just quietly having a good game most weeks. So yeah, I just wanted to wish wish her, send her our best wishes and a speedy recovery and hope everything goes well with her. Um, a couple of other Reading things as well, just that it's international break um, in next week after after the Brighton game. And there's lots and lots of Reading players in action there. So um, there's the Pinatar Cup, which um, involves Wales. So that will be Harding, Evans, Roberts, Rowe, Woodham, all there. And a few ex-players as well. Um, Van Havenmutt is also there for Belgium, so they, we could see a, a little duel between those two. Um, there's also the Arnold Cup, and uh, that's England and Canada are both in those. I can't remember the other two off the top of my head, but that means that uh, Diane Rose will be in action. And then there's also the Algarve Cup, which is Denmark, Norway, Italy, Sweden and Portugal. So that will be Trollsgaard versus Iceland there. If I'm... <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, go. No, no, no. I was going to say, if I had to choose one to go to, I think the Arnold Clark one, one of the games is in Norwich. So I think I'll yes. choose the Algarve Cup, if that's all right. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> um, and then the final thing is that I am back in the hot seat next week for interviews, as I will be speaking to Rob Gear, who is the academy manager at Reading Women. And Philippines international, former Philippines Yes, he is. Former Philippines international and captain. So, yeah, I'm excited to have a chat with him. It's going to be an interesting one. That should be uh, that should be very exciting. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Josh, Dan, thanks for coming on. We'll have you back in a few weeks' time. Um, maybe just 
we'll, we'll, one, one, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll mix it up a bit and we'll, uh, we'll do. Um, and if I think on, I will try and get our man Steve Gab, our resident Welshman Steve Gab, on for a bit of a Wales Women special uh, in the next ooh, few days. I don't know. We'll see and see what he's up to. Um, so, Abby, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Josh Brown and Daniel Darlington, thank you very much for joining us as well. Um, everybody, go and buy a copy of the Made Net Advertiser. See ya. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. See you later. Bye bye. This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Tom Canning and featured Abby Ticehurst, Joshua Brown, and Daniel Darlington. Was cobbled together by Tom Canning. Our intro music is called Space Camp from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading's very own Rocket Kings, which you can find on Spotify and all good music outlets. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook, footballinbarkshire.co.uk. Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement or would just like to save some money in a tax-efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330 118 0210. That's 0330-118-0210 for a free initial consultation and let them know Football in Berkshire sent you.